The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. And of course, it's presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, journeyman. Now I got a bunch of different podcasts as I make my journey through the media, if you will. Ross Tucker football podcast with Andrew Brandt today was awesome. He was chiming in on Patrick Mahomes' contract and the Redskins' name change and the NFL, NFLPA negotiations, etc. Deshaun Jackson. It's actually crazy how much stuff we have to talk about with Andrew Brandt every week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Tomorrow, we'll dive into a little more best ball talk on the Fantasy Feast Podcast. And Greg Cosell joins us on Friday as well for the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Monday on the College Draft, by the way, Matt Waldman dove into Trey Lance and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Sam Ellinger and the top 2021 quarterback. So awesome week here on all of our different podcasts available at Ross Tucker Pod on social or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL as well. I'm not the star of this show, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective. That is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. Check him out like I do on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. He joins us every week here. He is the numbers guy. Hello, Steve. Hello, Ross. And I have lots of numbers on today's show. Looking forward to it. Well, and here's what's interesting about that, Steve. We're going to start the show talking NFL. Then I want to get some of your MLB and NBA thoughts a little bit later. But we're going to start the show talking NFL. We're going to do it with another numbers guy. This guy is a former professor and has a Ph.D. in math from Nebraska, and he works for Pro Football Focus and is the co-host of the Pro Football Focus forecast. You should follow him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Eric. It's not often that as a guy that went to the number one school in the country, I can honestly say 
that both of my guests are smarter than me, but I have no hesitation, none whatsoever. I talk to Steve every week. There's no question he's smarter than me, at least as far as math's concerned. And now we got a guy with a PhD in math from Nebraska. I mean, Eric, let's just start with that. What was going through your head when you got a PhD in math from there? What a gigantic waste of time. <laughs> right. I mean, I used to, uh, I played football in college. I wasn't nearly as good as you. I, you know, said, okay, my, my path to gainful employment is to, is to learn numbers and things like that. And, uh, you know, right around where I got sort of bored writing papers and uh, trying to set environmental policy. I said, hey, I'll, I'll work on football. Uh, so I've kind of come full circle. Um, you know, I, I've probably been beaten on a bunch of blocks more than you have, but uh, that, that, that led me to a PhD. So who knows? All right. So how did you get with, I got to know, how did you get with Pro Football Focus and hosting their podcast and being one of their numbers guys? I always admired their, you know, the data collection that they did, uh, the numbers that they were able to sort of like add, you know, to the game. Um, but prior to myself and George Shahuri, who's been a guest on your show, I think, it, it, you know, no one was really taking those things and making actionable information out of them for the teams. Uh, you know, so we have all 32 teams as our clients, about a, a little over 80 college football teams as our clients. So, you know, providing information to them. But then also now, you know, when you think about fantasy, you think about gambling, you think about, you know, everybody just trying to watch football, as you said at the intro, with a little bit extra on the game. Um, you know, one of the things that we can provide is either access to the raw information or access to uh, insights generated from that. And you focus primarily, Eric, on the betting part of it. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, in the, in the media, for sure. I mean, mo most of my work is, is in the background working on things for, for our team clients, media clients, and things like that. But yeah, forward-facing gambling is certainly something uh, that is on the forefront of what I do. So let's start with this. And, and you and I were texting back and forth, and I know some of the teams that I want to hit you up on for sure. But I want to know what you and PFF think of Cam Newton signing in New England and if you felt like it was worthy of action one way or the other on the Patriots season win total. Yeah, I mean, we we had it basically, you know, because it's really hard to untangle coach and quarterback, but we had it as about a one half of a win move in the direction of New England. They went from being basically co-favorites with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East to favorites there. Um, the really hard thing to model with Cam Newton is you get basically three outcomes. You get the outcome where he doesn't play, uh, you know, very much because he's either hurt or ineffective. I think that people are not pricing in the idea that he might not play uh, after a preseason that's underwhelming. You have that he'll play, but he'll be injured for most of the season. And much like in 2018, he'll become ineffective down the stretch and, and lose his team a chance to win uh, a number of games. Or you'll get what you saw in 2015, which is you know a brilliant player who kind of does it differently than a lot of other players. He's not as accurate, but he, he's a, a down-the-field type player. So I think you look at those three outcomes, and you know I don't necessarily know. Yeah, obviously, the Patriots increase because the first two outcomes are probably no different than they were going to get with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. And that third one adds some positive variance, uh, I think, to their projection. Now at nine and a half, I have a really hard time betting any going anything other than under on that, but uh, it, it's not necessarily one that I would bet at this point. 
Interesting. So really hard time doing anything other than under, but you wouldn't bet at this point. Steve, you were saying last week you think the move is to wait until they name him the starter and that the win total might go up even more and then to take the under. Now, actually, when I recommended, Ross, you like the under, and I said if you do like the under, I do believe Cam will be named the starter. Currently, there's odds on this. He's a minus 330 favorite to be starting week one, which shocks me because – Obviously, we may not even have any preseason games. But if you like under, I think I would bet it five minutes before the game kickoff week one. Now, personally, I think it's a a huge upgrade. I have Stidham rated my number 37 best quarterback. I am not a Cam Newton lover. I only have him my 25th best quarterback. He played very well the first half of 2018. My numbers might even be too low. But if it's a three-point upgrade – that's going to translate to 1.3 extra wins. Now, Eric brings up some good points that, well, maybe he's not even going to start, in which case it's going to translate to zero. But if you look at that first half of 2018, Cam Newton was a very good quarterback. And if you get anything close to that play, he is at light years upgrade versus what you're going to get out of Stidham. Eric, let's dive into a couple other teams that I know just following you on Twitter and stuff that – you have strong opinions on, and we'll start with the Houston Texans uh, because when I got this text message and what you thought about them, I was surprised to say the least. I don't want to steal your thunder, though, so go ahead on your on your thoughts on the Texans' season win total. Yeah, I know everybody's a little bit uh, down on them, you know, because of Bill O'Brien's actions as general manager. Uh, and, and, you know, it's reflected in the price currently. I think they're, you know, seven and a half. If you want to go over, it's, you know, it, it's going to cost you less than going under at this point, uh, depending upon where you go. But to me, I look at this team and, and I think to myself, okay, they do have a difficult start to the season. You could very well see a slow start, but they had a slow start in 2018 as well, starting going three. I look at DeAndre Hopkins, the downgrade from him to Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, Kenny Stills, whomever is going to take those those plays from, I, I see that as less than, uh, you know, sort of the full win. If you look at them in relation to their win total a season ago, which was eight and a half, nine, I see that as being less impactful than maybe the market does. I look at their defense being, you know, dreadful a season ago, trying to incorporate a number uh, of new players on the fly. Defense generally regresses. So if it's really poor one season, you know, whether it be luck or whether it be just, you know, players and coverage playing better. Um, and J.J. Watt being there for an entire season, presumably. I, I kind of like Houston's over here as a general fade on the rest of the AFC South, which I think people are a, a little too high on. What do you think about that, Steve? You know, it's interesting because Houston may well have locker room issues. The mere fact that Hopkins got set packing out of town – and with O'Brien and his lack of popularity, I don't know if you can price this mathematically. So as an actuary, a former actuary, I, I like Eric's points, but as an NFL motivational handicapper, I tell you what, I don't know if Houston's the team I want to be backing right now. Yeah, I, I think the point you made, Eric, about Hopkins not being worth a full win, yeah, I think makes sense to me. And I don't know, it just seems like Deshaun Watson is going to find a way to win eight games. So, and that'll be an interesting one for sure. What about, uh, what about team maybe you're taking the under on? What about the Minnesota Vikings? 
Yeah, the the Vikings are a tricky one because you know they if you if you see the number, it's nine, eight and a half, depending upon where you go. There's certainly when it opened at nine, people I think like the under there. Um, for me, when I look at this team, I think long term they're in a decent spot. They have a, a franchise quarterback who's good enough, uh, you know, to do things like go into New Orleans and win a playoff game. But in a in an off season where a pandemic, uh, you know, is going to keep them from practicing, you know, fully they need the 15 draft picks that they got in April to make contributions. They're losing all three of their starting corners. They're losing Everson Griffin, who's been one of the best edge players in the NFL since 2014 on the right side of their defense. And I know Zimmer's great. And, and usually I would, you know, trust him in a normal situation, but you need some sort of combination of Mike Hughes, Cameron Dantzler, Jeff Gladney, uh, Holton Hill, to make three corners. And I just really have a hard time seeing that. And you look at their schedule, they place the AFC South, they place the NFC South. That's a lot of good quarterbacks. A season ago, they got to play something like four or five, six back of quarterbacks, and it hit a lot of their deficiencies. So for me, I'm taking the under on Minnesota, You know, not even to mention the fact they traded their best player, uh, Stephon Diggs, during the middle of the offseason. So I, that to me, I like. I think that price is way too high, and I think they're factoring in a lot of things that would be true in a normal circumstance that won't be true in an offseason uh, abbreviated by a pandemic what do you have on the vikings i forget steve yeah so the vikings mixed bag here i agree with a lot of what eric is saying and further the vikings were in many ways the luckiest team in the nfl last year plus 11 in turnover differential uh least injured team in the nfl so all of a sudden we've got all these guys exiting the team of a team that was super healthy the year before having said that I cannot go against Mike Zimmer. I got Mike Zimmer, my fourth best coach in the NFL, tremendously underrated. If you just bet on him each and every game, you cash 62% of your tickets. So fading the Vikings is not a wise move. One other thing I have on the Vikings, they did lose the week 17 game against the Bears at home where they mailed it in. They didn't play anyone. Mannion started. So if you just look at the underlying stats on the Vikings and the results, hey, 10 and 6 team, and you look at the stats, remember there was a game in there that they would have won that they lost just because they played all their backups. Wow. That's a, I, that, this is awesome. You guys, you guys are coming with some stats. This is not, you guys are not messing around today. Uh, what about the Washington Redskins, or at least for right now, the Redskins, Eric? It's not often when we talk season win totals that someone wants to bring up the Redskins, but you do. Yeah, I mean – I. Like I said with the Vikings, I think the pandemic is going to have effects on the season that we're just not, you know, used to. And what that's probably going to do is a compression of win totals, right? And and I, I'm a lot more comfortable betting over on teams that have a win total of five than I might be betting under on a team like Kansas City that's returning 20 to 22 starters, even though they probably have similar likelihoods given, you know, the way the pandemic might make everybody closer to eight and eight than usual. Um, but when I look at when I look at Washington, Last season was just mired with a lot of difficulties. They draft Wayne Haskins. The head coach doesn't want him to play. Uh, every time he gets in there, he's in disadvantageous spots. And to Steve's point, when you just look at the raw numbers on him, he looks terrible, right? His first two, you know, first two times he entered a game, he threw zero touchdowns, four interceptions. There were a lot of drops that were attributed to his wide receivers down the stretch. But when you look at, you know, our grades, which is kind of like saying, did he make a good throw? Did he not make a good throw? Did he make a good read? Did he not make a good read? He was the you know a top 10 quarterback in terms of our grades 
from week 11 on in the season. And that was the best mark of any quarterback in the NFC East during that time. So when I look at this, I'm thinking, okay, if I can get Washington against New York Giants in a win total prop, you know, against each other, or if I can just flat bet the rover, either five, you know, with a little juice or five and a half more even, I'm going to take that because I, I like Terry McLaurin. I like Ron Rivera as a coach. And I think Jack Del Rio is a good defensive coordinator. And they have a ton of talent. If you just look at that defensive front, you got five or six really young guys with great pedigrees. Uh, I think they're being undervalued here, especially relative to the New York Giants. So, Eric, this is before I get to you, Steve, this is where people start to be skeptical of pro football focus, as yeah. you know, when you say that Haskins graded out the best, AK was the best quarterback down the stretch in the NFC East where Wentz carried a bunch of practice squad guys to four straight wins in the division championship where Dak Prescott obviously had a big year. Um, I'm sure you get a lot of criticism for that. What's the response when someone says, are you guys out of your mind having Haskins as a better quarterback than Wentz and Dak? Yeah, I mean, when you when you incorporate the, all the numbers and you weigh, you know, how how old things are and you weigh pedigree and things like that, we're not saying that Haskins is a better player. We're saying that he played better than them during that stretch of time. And you look at, you know, Dak couldn't throw the football down the field against uh, uh, Eagle the Eagles in Week 16 for a chance at the division. He played pretty well in a meaningless game against Case Keenum in Week 17. But down the stretch there, he had some poor performances. Really, how he started that really carried him. Wentz, I mean. People forget that the Eagles were down double digits to the Washington, to Washington. Yeah, I believe it was week 15, with, again, in a winner or, or die situation. They only covered that game because of a fumble at the very end. Uh, so when I look, I just look at him and, you know, look, you know, he had one wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin was excellent. You know, his, you know, when you look throw for throw, he's just making the right read, making the right throw. And it's not like he's – just dinking and dunking his average depth of target was over 10 yards last season during that stretch. And that was sixth highest in the NFL. So there's just a lot to like about him fundamentally. Uh, yeah, again, the bar isn't very high here, right? The bar's five wins, six. And you look at Ron Rivera, every single year he's coached a full season, he's won six or more games, you know, in, in Carolina with some, you know, obviously Newton being hurt at times and things like that. So for me, I just, I just like this because, one of those two teams, the NFC East, is probably going to be better than they were a season ago. The the market's pricing in New York Giants, even though they have one of the toughest schedules in the league. Washington, an easier schedule. I'm going to go with that. Steve, what, I forget what you had on Washington. Yeah, so Washington, I would agree that I would lean over five. You know, Eric mentioned over five and a half even money, over five minus a dollar twenty-five. A half win's worth about fifty cents. So very important. If you bet over, don't play over five and a half. Play over five. It is way better mathematically. Um, I'm going to disagree on Haskins. I don't care what the um, some of these advanced read stats are. The bottom line is anyone at Pro Football Focus or anywhere else that wants to bet me that Haskins will be a top 20 quarterback, say, in QBR this year, well, you know how to reach me. I'm <laughs> guessing I won't get any phone calls. So um, I, I put my opinions based upon, you know, betting. And, and obviously I'm not on an island here. Everyone has Haskins rate everyone. Most people have Haskins rated very low. And I indeed have them my last in my starting NFL quarterbacks. But I love the D-line for Washington. And I will make this point. This pandemic may well help Washington as much as almost any team. Why? Washington's home field advantage sucks. Their fan base is alienated. They don't go to the games. If you've been to an, a Redskins game, 
it's a 50-50 game. 50% of the crowd isn't there. And of the crowd that's there, 50% of the crowd is rooting for the opponent. 75% of they're playing the Eagles. So if there's not going to be any fans or if there's limited fans, it's going to greatly benefit teams with horrible home field advantages, which include the Redskins and the Chargers and a few other teams. And when the Redskins go on the road now, they no longer are going to have to deal with hostile crowd noise with smaller crowds. So that's a case you could be, make that will really help the Redskins this year versus other years. Eric, last one we want to get your opinion on, and that is the Detroit Lions. What are your thoughts on the Lions this year? Yeah, I, it, the, the funny thing is that Detroit's never won the NFC North, and the last time they hosted a playoff game was Brett Favre's first win as a starting quarterback in the playoffs. So we're talking, I mean, as far as them to win the NFC North, have seen prices anywhere from plus 600 to plus 900. I think those are probably, you know, uh, you know, fairly good plays. When you look at, you know, the way in which Stafford was operating a season ago in the first, you know, played the first, what, eight games before he was hurt, you know, they didn't lose a game by more than one score except for the Minnesota game. They had Green Bay on the ropes on Monday Night Football. They had Kansas City on the ropes at home uh, in a game that the Chiefs needed kind of a fluky, long you know, fumble return just to win the game outright. The defense should improve in three year, you know, year three uh, under Matt Patricia. I'm not the most bullish on him. Um, but when I look at that offense, Kenny Galladay, is one of the best receivers in the league, uh, sort of under the radar. Marvin Jones is a great number two. TJ Hawkinson's a top 10 tight end entering year two. The offensive line is fine. And when you look, you know, Daryl Bevel taking his, over his second year with Matthew Stafford, I think that offense has the most potential in that division. And the defense, well, defense, you know, struggles with, you know, things like injuries and, you know, uh, the scheme fits and everything like that kind of regresses. I look at them, I don't necessarily like them. I mean, I do like their over win total, but for me, I need to see Matt Patricia sort of like outperform himself this year. So, and that's sort of a high variance event, which is why I would want a bigger payout if I'm going to bet on them. And hence, I like them for the division or even to make the playoffs in a seven-team format now. Love it, Eric. Terrific stuff. Again, check him out on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Can't get enough of guys that have data and info like Eric and played the game at the college level too he's a rarity he's a good combo and a good snag there by pro football focus thanks so much for coming on the show eric really appreciate it thanks for having me guys so now here's what you do steve you take everything we just heard from eric and you and you immediately go to the DraftKings sportsbook app because they have brought their expertise to legal sports betting it's a legitimate sports book faced right here in the U.S. So whether you agree with them on the Redskins or the Vikings or the Texans or you like what Steve said or the Patriots, they have all those, all those bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Or you can bet on live sports this weekend, golf and soccer and whatever you want. Here's the deal. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app, back, book app now. Use code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. I just did this over the weekend, by the way. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. 
Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Speaking of with it, Steve, you are with it when it comes to some of these other sports that are starting up soon. We've seen the MLB schedule. We've seen the NBA schedule. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Why don't we start with your thoughts, Steve, on the NBA restart? So the NBA restart, Ross, this could get ugly in the East because you've got Wizards and you've got the Brooklyn Nets players opting out, not going to Orlando, and we're staring at a situation. One of those two teams is going to have to make the playoffs. And I'm going to go on record now that this Milwaukee versus probably it's going to be Brooklyn in the first round of the playoffs is going to be the biggest mismatch we have ever seen in the NBA playoffs. A bad look for the NBA with this restart with the East, bringing back Washington, a team that uh, with Bradley Beal opting out, Bertans opting out, wants no part of being in Orlando. It is all going to be about motivation in my eyes. Who wants to be there? And I'd be very careful betting the restart in Orlando on teams that may not want any part of being in Orlando. Interesting. Okay. Any, anybody else jump out to you there, or is it primarily the East in that 1-8 matchup? Well, New Orleans should be ultra-motivated because they have a schedule of teams, Ross, that is so weak that by light years, New Orleans has the easiest schedule. So New Orleans should be re-energized and the like. But the market is certainly aware of this. Look no further than their game one against Utah, a team that has some questionable motivation coming in. Utah with a much better record, but it's New Orleans that's favored in the game. All right, let's move on to baseball, Steve, and let's get to the Major League Baseball schedule that came out. And you immediately saw something. What was it? So I went ahead and took a look at a few things, one being how much travel you have to do because this is a condensed schedule. In a normal MLB year, every uh, 20 days, you would get one extra day off in the full schedule versus this condensed schedule. So teams are going to get tired by the end of this year, even though it's a short season. So I looked at the travel and the two teams in Texas, Houston and Texas, have the most travel. Seattle, the third most travel uh by contrast, Milwaukee travels 4,000 miles. And I think Seattle's like 11,000. The teams in Texas, 14,000. But Seattle, the Mariners have two things going against them. That really tough travel and also strength of schedule. Seattle, second most difficult schedule in MLB. And essentially the reason why Ross is because they're the only bad team in their division and they don't get to play themselves. So that's a big disadvantage for Seattle having to play the AL West and the NL West. Got it. Okay. So travel and Seattle schedule. That makes sense, by the way, if they're not getting the, the days off and they have to travel even further. That makes a lot of sense to me. What about our guy? You know, last week we talked with Ken Barkley, Lockie Lockerson, and he said, I know you don't do this in golf, and I know he's the heavy favorite, but everything says that DeChambeau uh, – Bryson DeChambeau is still undervalued, and he was, Steve. So, like, what, what are we doing now with this guy for the people that want to bet golf on the DraftKings Sportsbook app after they use the code Ross? Yes, so if, if you haven't been following it, DeChambeau gained 30 pounds, has his protein shakes throughout the day, lifting weights, and he is just ripping it. He is averaging 323 off the tee, Ross. 
This is the highest driving average. I went back 20 years in the PGA. It's number one. And I do have a theory about this. Well, if it was that easy, why didn't every golfer just do this? And I think that it's the equipment that's gotten so much better that you have this violent swing with a 190 mile an hour club speed and you just would hit too many out of bounds 10 years ago. But I think the technology being better and Bryson even thanked, you know, his, I, obviously they're his sponsors, but he thanked his club maker and the like after his win. And I don't see that very often from a golfer. So I believe with the technology out there that he's going to continue to do well and at ten, he's 10 to one. So the markets have already moved on him. He was about 25 to one in the masters and the PGA coming up, um, but he is ultra public. So if you see anything go wrong with Bryson and he certainly could get injured with all this weightlifting and everything else that he's doing, he would be a guy that I could turn on a dime on. But right now I want no part betting against DeChambeau and his bombs. You know, uh, you texted me after the contract came down. It's it's funny because we I talked with Andrew Brandt about this on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. We even already posted the clip on social media at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod, where Andrew Brandt, the the sports business expert, really felt like the Chiefs got the better end of the deal with Patrick Mahomes. And you texted me out of the blue, Mahomes is a bargain. Yeah, absolutely. And let's go ahead and run a comp, if we will. If we're going to buy a house, we like to look at what other houses are selling for. So Mahomes, yeah, that contract upwards over $500 million. But let's look at the first five years of the extension. He's going to actually make $38.5 million per year. And let's think about what other quarterback has been offered a five-year contract. Well, that was Dak. He was offered $35 million per year. Now, Dak's contract would start this year. And Mahomes, that's uh, two years from now. So if you adjust for inflation just in those two years, those are very, very comparable numbers, $35 million per year in today's dollars. Now, no one is going to make the case that Dak is as good as Mahomes. Mahomes, my number one quarterback in the NFL. Dak, my number seven quarterback. So if we can have a conversation that they're being given offers that are comparable, my goodness, Kansas City is making out like a bandit on that. And speaking of making out like a bandit, Steve, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but I wanted to. People were evidently, I love stories like this, people were evidently betting on Korean baseball after it already started. They, they figured out how to do that, and they were winning. How did that happen? Explain this to me. Yeah, so Sunday morning, the schedules that the MGM Mirage Bellagio put out had games starting at 3 a.m., but they actually started at 1 a.m. So some sharp bettors, you know, I, I give them credit. At 2 a.m., they start bombing in bets in Korean baseball on, and I believe there was some um, Japanese baseball as well. And they parlayed stuff together. Uh, they hit an eight-teamer. They hit a 10-teamer. Example, it was 3 nothing a team where they had in the fifth inning, so they bet under and they bet the team up 3 nothing. And then the MGM... Uh, Bellagio cried about how unfair it was and how they were going to look to prosecute these betters. Like it's the better's job to determine when the game had started and to take the game off. No, that's your job. That's your cost of doing business. So what typically happens in this case is, and I'm sure it will happen here, is that the betters will get paid and they'll get barred and they'll told never bet at the MGM or Bellagio again. And, but it's the cost of doing business. Uh, I will say this, Ross. 
a lot of the headlines say this is the biggest loss in the history of Las Vegas sports books. No, it's the biggest pass posting loss. Vegas loses $250,000 all the time. Think about it. A whale comes up on the Super Bowl and bets $250,000 right before the game kicks off. So to call this the biggest loss, um, no, not even close. But certainly in terms of past posting, yes. Is it ethical? Yeah, I'd make the case. There's plenty of times, Ross, I've made bets live wagering against these Vegas books, and I get a little wheel. And it's saying, waiting for your bet to be approved. Waiting for your bet to be approved. Then my team throws an interception. Bang, my bet's approved. My <laughs> touchdown pass. Oh, your bet has been denied. So I've been pass posted so many times by Las Vegas sports books. I am not going to have any sympathy for them getting pass posted. That is a great story. I love stuff like that. Check him out on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. He is the man. You got to check him out. If you've never seen what Steve looks like, by the way, check him out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. What a great show today with all the NFL stuff with Eric and then you hitting us up on all the other stuff. Love it. Absolutely love it. Check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Really appreciate those of you that rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast app. It makes a difference. And if you have any questions specifically for Steve, you know what to do. Take advantage of any of our sponsors and then send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys make some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.